This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. You love listening to podcasts. That's why you're listening to your favorite one right now. How about streaming music? Goes without saying, right? What happens when you combine one of the Internet's premier streaming audio sites and your favorite Jabberjaw Media podcast? Gold, I tell you. Check out Adobe.com for some great streaming music. And every single Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m. is the Jabberjaw Media Block featuring the Modern Vinyl Podcast and Break It Down with Matt Carter. And that's just the beginning. Adobe will be bringing you more of what you want, great music, and great podcasts powered by Jabberjaw Media. That's I. I-D-O-B-I, adobe.com. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my yes, fine metal friends. Welcome yes. to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I am Godless. And this is your As weekly examination all. of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. This week brought to you by SeatGeek. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites that you've been to make it uh, pretty complicated. Well, then they try to sneak in huge fees at your checkout and all that stuff. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. I gotta say, like, Christmas is not really a big thing in my house. But, like, so those aren't going to be, like, the memories that I think my kid grows up with about our times where we bonded really, really awesome. But, like, you know what it is? is It's the concerts that we've gone to together. It, 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 those are, like, the things that I think... He'll grow up and go, yeah, I remember going to see Slayer with Dad. You know, I remember when I went with Chuck and Dad to go see Iron Maiden. That was awesome. That's going to be like that memory, you know, and... And, and we, we're going to go see Slayer again this coming week for the third time together. It's so awesome. And I'm like, dude, Anthrax. And he's like, who's Anthrax? It's so cool. So, man, check out SeatGeek because, you know, if you've got kids, this is like a way to make memories happen, you know? The, the unique memories that your kids will always grow up and go, Dad was cool, you know? <laughs> well, and and especially even if it's like last minute, if it's something you guys decide that you want to do this weekend or, or you want to pick something up, like it's, a, it's so hard hard to try to get that stuff online to come through and it's hard to find seats and, and figure out where it's all going to be. SeatGeek has taken all the work and all the hassle out of shopping for your tickets. They you know they pull all the tickets available from other sites into one place so you save time, never miss a deal. Uh, even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade uh, based on their value. You can immediately find the underpriced seats, which is pretty cool. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps. This was one of the coolest things I was looking at, at uh, for a baseball game. They show you like with the grade, like a little dot. If it's green, it's good. If it's red, it's bad. If it's yellow, you know, like what the value is, which is really cool and it's easy to use. So SeatGeek is, and that's the other thing is that they're always like they give you the full price like right up front, which is cool because if you've ever used some uh, other places like StubHub or something like that, you'll you're looking at a ticket and you're like, oh, this is pretty good, fifty bucks. Oh, no big deal. You get to the end of it and it's seventy five. What just happened? They throw on all these other fees and other things that are on top of it. None of that stuff happens at SeatGeek because they give you the straight price, the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprise you with huge fees at the checkout line. And I'll bet you never thought you'd listen to the Metal Sucks podcast and you'd make money, but this is your opportunity. Get 20 (laughs) bucks off on tickets. Download the free SeatGeek app. 
go to the settings tab, add a promo code. What the thing you got to click on? Enter the promo code Metal Sucks, all one word. SeatGeek will send you twenty bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today. Twenty bucks, people. Twenty bucks. Hey, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Play, wherever you get your podcasts. You can uh, pick up the Metal Sucks podcast. Uh, search it. You'll find it. Leave us a couple of stars. Tell us that we suck. Uh, it would be kind mm-hmm. of awesome. You can also find us, of course, every Monday at MetalSucks.net. That's why we post this. We're on number one fifty. So this is a, technically we're like uh, well it's a round number I don't know that this is like our third year but 150 so that's got to mean something we got a big ass podcast for you uh, on, on number 150 <laughs> we know that for sure uh, our, uh yeah our special guest this week uh, is uh, Jamie Josta uh, none other than uh, the you know you know him from a band called uh, Hatebreed they've been around for a little while he also hosted a show called Headbangers Ball way back when he's got the Josta podcast and some never other things that are out there no no, no never did. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be our guest this week we also spoke to controversial journalist uh Cat Jones from Noisy Hmm, you might have read a story or two about uh, about Pentagram this week, right? Did you hear anything about Bobby Liebling uh, doing naughty things to a couple of bands? Oh, dude, you totally you can't use the word naughty because that makes <laughs> that gives it like a whole thing. It didn't have a vibe to that thing. I know. God, I know. D- d- the dude sexually assaulted his opening bands and then ripped them off from other money. And it wasn't just him; it was his road manager. So uh, no, it's like, it's like making Whoopi. You know, I mean, you got you can't can't use the real words. You can't use uh, you know, anything assaulted. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wait, man, that's technical words. I don't know if I like that or not. So we speak he to Cat Jones. being naughty. was being a complete <laughs> dick. Uh, yeah. Just, but you look at you look at Bobby Liebling and you can't say he's not a creeper. Yeah, I mean, I look at the guy and I go, I'm kind of creeped out. I'm uh, sort of, yeah, I kind of am. Uh, but we speak to Cat Jones from Noisy. Uh, she did the interview. Uh, with the uh, with um the girls from um oh dog on it girls Chuck oh she, my God what she called no, them the, the girls so the young women from Wax Idols and King Woman who were sexually assaulted by the dude or dudes involved with Pentagram it's a it's a monster story and and you know and she's on the ground floor of it it was awesome and she was going to take the time to talk with us. I'm going, I'm going to bleep out every time she calls them the girls because that's not right. Is that is that <laughs> yeah. is that what we're yeah, supposed you to can't do? Call them the girls. I oh, I can't call them. I can't say they're girls, but but it's okay for her to say they're the girls, right? Is that is that? Can we say that uh, we're gay for the music of Pink Woman? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I don't understand what we can say anymore or not say anymore. Which is actually kind of what we get into a little bit because that's kind of the weird thing that I think a lot of people have trouble with because. They don't know what, where the bright lines and the and the gray lines and the black and white and the, they don't they don't know they don't understand what the lines are anymore. Can I flirt with somebody or not flirt with somebody? Um, you know, can I grab your ass or not grab your ass? You know, and, and we kind of delve into that with Jasta a little bit too. I mean, oh god, <laughs> my foot's in my mouth already. Oh, and, and by far the worst, the worst segue in the history of the Metal Sucks podcast. It took us 150 episodes to get to the worst segue. Ever in the history of the Metal Sucks podcast in an interview, I gotta say, and I gotta, but I, I gotta give you a round of applause for oh, for thank you. Thank it's you. it's pretty amazing. Like it's it, it's not an edit, okay? Let me just put it that way. Like I did not edit it to make it sound more awkward than it actually was. 
So sometimes you just got to ask the question that you need to ask. So, uh, but it was just like that was so funny because you, you, you can kind of hear both me and Jamie Just at the same time go what? <laughs> like it, it wasn't even verbal. It was just like huh? Yeah, it's uh, it yeah, good times. <laughs> so, well, we got all this prep. Let's do it. I know. Let's get into our interview with Jamie Just on Metal Sucks podcast. Our new life begins. Hey, Jamie. Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing, man? Pretty good. Thanks. Uh, sorry about that. It was They kept telling me it was Saturday. See, they should be doing that where they like tell you it's a different day of the week than it actually is while you're on tour, because what the fuck day is it anyway, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we had other stuff set up, but it's all good. It, it fits right in the window between now and the meet and greet, so no worries. Right on, right on. And meet and greets, <laughs> you know, that's all. You don't have to worry about that. That's, you know, just... <laughs> Hey, Jamie, considering all the communication you do, you know, with the podcast and everything else, but you also have all your business interests, do you have to mute your opinion somewhat? Yeah, but you know what? I've noticed that the more, the less I've muted my opinion, uh, the more popular the podcast has become. And now I've I just signed a new deal with Gas Digital Network. So I think we're coming into an age where people can really tell when these artists are out there being really vanilla and really safe and i'm just too old and too bitter to not speak my mind and so yeah i i see on twitter i lost some, i lost some fans when i brought up some of the jill stein stuff and just different things in the press i mean i'm staying away from the gorilla uh <laughs> that, yeah, i'm staying away from that one right now and there was another one there's another hot topic uh I was talking about with Howard from Killswitch today, and he was like, "I'm staying away from that." And I was like, uh, "You know," but <laughs> at this point, I mean, we're we're gaining new fans every day, and the fans that are coming on board are they're, they they don't care if I, you know, thought Jill Stein had something cool to say. Oh, if everybody thinks that I'm now all of a sudden I'm some lefty hippie, whatever. Okay, I mean, I guess so. I just I wasn't endorsing her as a candidate. I wasn't even. Um, I wasn't even, uh, I was really just saying she had some cool things to say. I, I just happened to see it on Twitter. But, you know, when exactly. you're doing interviews outside of the States, I mean, and this has been happening for 20 years. Think about it. I've been, yeah. I've been touring outside of America for uh, 17 years now, and it's, it was always, what about Clinton? What about Bush? What about Bush Sr.? You know, every, even before I was touring out of the States, when I was doing phoner interviews, the, the question was never, oh, how's the album? What's the tour? It was always about American politics because it affects everybody. So you're bound to piss anybody off if you mention anything. Well, and then, you know, the first single off the album is a tune where you're yelling about American politics. Yeah, because I thought, well, well fuck it. We're going to have to fucking talk about it in every interview anyways. Why all these people feel like... That's why I said I said from the beginning of this whole debacle, like, go to iSideWith.com. Put in all the issues that are really close to your heart. You'd be surprised that it doesn't really boil down to a binary system. This is a way that you've been fucking suckered into this shit for years of thinking like, I like look, I, I don't want to get into like the interband workings of a lot of these bigger bands. But there's a lot of bands where the there's super right wing conservative guys in the band, and then there's super lefty liberal hippie types in the band, and they fight over this behind closed doors. But you'll never hear about it in the press because it's such a polarizing thing but they're still friends they still jam together they just don't agree on certain issues why does it have to go to this heated argument of you're a scumbag you're a shithead it's like we've lost the fucking point bassists are hippies because they get paid less but deservedly <laughs> so 
No, you know what? When I had Mustaine on my show, he's like, as they say, you know, as you get older, you get more conservative. And I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree 100%. I know that once you've worked your ass off to get to a certain amount of money per year, depending on what your, you know, monthly nut is, yeah, you're going to fucking, you're going to, you're going to want to care about what candidate you're voting for. I mean, I would be screwed under Bernie. I would be fucked. Um, and I would probably say, you know what? I'm going to do less. If he becomes president, because why am I going to bust my ass? Ten, like I already have to, like, like I got to do ten times more work to get like a tenth of what, say, a band like a and all that remains would get on like a, a radio royalty check. Think about the play that a band like that gets. You know, yeah. so am I going to go do a fucking prom metal type of ballad like they can do? No, I can't do that because then everybody be like, Josh is a sellout. Fuck him. So. You get to that point. If you, if I was selling a, a million singles, or if I was, if I had a hit single at rock, Active Rock Radio, yeah, that would affect what candidate I vote for. Because what if you're, what if you're, you know, the rights to that song, or what if your your royalties were going to be taxed forty percent? Yeah, you're going to be worrying about your tax rate for sure. Because I mean, it's 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 going to directly affect your bottom line. Right. And so there's another thing, I think it was Vox.com, where you could do your tax calculator. And it was funny because when I did it, the, the best break, I would have made so much more money if Cruz got elected. When I did the, the thing, and I was like, this guy's face, oh, this is another reason why people were upset, because I said the guy had a punchable face. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't have said that. But it's true, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's kind of, you look at him and, yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, it's, it was immature. You know, you, but sometimes with these politicians, I mean, they're just so full of shit. They look like such fucking douchebags. The, the shit that they're saying, it's like, it's hard to not be immature. So I get where people get heated. I get why there's all this, like, uh, you know, back and forth. But it gets to a point where it's like, no, let's keep the conversation civil. So I got to kind of check myself, yeah. you know, here and there. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that you're talking about voting as if voting really matters. I think if this election has demonstrated anything, it's the illusion of democracy in the United States. Right, because what people are seeing people are on Twitter and Facebook saying, I tried to vote and it wouldn't let me vote. Then you got the the superdelegate system and then you've got the fact that, you know, both of those parties are making sure that the third parties don't have any access yeah. to anything. I mean, it's just all the way down the line, you know. Right. And, you know, you go to a place like Germany where it was so corrupt in the southern part of Germany where they actually did elect the Green Party official into office. And so there's, you know, it's come to a point, though, where people got to take action. If you if you really cared that much, you know, you have to mobilize. And if you have a voice and you really, you know, you want to get a candidate's issues out there, then you have to. I mean, I, I there are people that I follow that are in that are in the entertainment business, like Mark Ruffalo. I see his stuff every day, and it's, sometimes it does get tiring. And you think, man, I wonder, is this helping? It's like, really, you have to be a certain sort of personality that moves the needle, um, and that's why you see some of these candidates aligning themselves. Like, I saw Hillary's aligning herself with Bon Jovi. Does Bon Jovi still move the needle? Obviously. Why else would she be aligning himself, right? <laughs> but now, you know... In some of these, like, real sort of conservative states, are they going to be like, oh, man, I can't go to Bon Jovi now, shit. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's going to be their reaction. I don't know. But it's, yeah, you're right. It's they've really complicated it, and it seems really, really rigged. I don't know for sure if it is, but if you look at my 
Facebook or my Twitter um, timeline, and you see, especially when all that stuff was going on um, with the was it the primaries or the yeah the yeah. or there it it seemed like there was all sorts of fraudulent behavior going on where Bernie voters were being blocked or anybody it, I think even Trump's people were being blocked yeah like it was the like, New York State one yeah right yeah that was it so um, but. You know, it makes for good podcast discussion, and people will listen to this, and, you know, they'll tweet me their ideas and their opinions, and, I mean, that's how it starts, right? How does change start? If you have to you yeah. have to have ideas and opinions, and, and really, what's the worst-case scenario? I pay a shit ton more taxes under uh, Bernie or uh, or, uh, or somebody like that, or I stay the same at under someone like Hillary, or you get a huge break under someone like Trump or whoever else. And then everybody who's in heavy music usually thrives when it's, you know, I mean, under Bush, under Reagan, I mean, this shit was popping off. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you said, I think you said that before. It's like, yeah, under the Reagan years, it's like, what do we see? We saw metal go ape shit, right? You know, it's like, cause everybody is pissed off about everything right now. Cause the rich are just getting richer and so on. So, you know, it's uh, the, the good with the bad there. Look at the way the bands are today. There's like, you're either to have everything's or you have nothing. There's, there's a few bands that are in that kind of hate breed clutch, um, guar, you know, kind of world where we can do some big theaters. We can do some clubs. We can do some big clubs. We do some small clubs. There, there's, there's not a lot of these middle class working class types of bands that can really survive. And it kind of, it's kind of weird how music sometimes emulates mainstream society or mainstream politics because it's, you know, the, the, the working class is, is who suffers, right? But yeah. the, and, and um, I think the working class are the ones that are also have, uh, I guess, an empathy for the poor. Mm-hmm. And since when is it, since when are you a hippie or a lefty liberal when you have empathy for people who are in a bad situation, I, I, I don't, I don't understand that. Well, they did it to themselves. That's all. That's how it goes. You know, if you would have, yeah, they're lazy. They're this. They're that. It's like no. I know people that have gotten out of jail. It's once you get out of jail, you want to get a job. You could clean up your life. You're still held to that flame. Yep. You know, like yeah. or or if you're or if you're from you know if you're you know I tell people there's a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Read that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Napoleon Hill, man. You know, and so like you know, there's there's a way out. There's there's a way out of poverty, but you have to give people the hope. You can't treat but them like second class, third class people. That's true to a certain extent, but the difference I think is that the costs of living have escalated to such an incredible degree in the United States, where your ability to, as you, you know, the, the Napoleon Hills would have put it, like you just you know pull yourself up from your bootstraps. It's so crippled because you cannot get out of the gate because it's it, it, there's the 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 survival level is way 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 too high i could see that but I, there are places where smart forward people thinking forward thinking people that weren't from money ended up getting real estate cheap starting small businesses being diy using that ethic and then building up the community yeah then of course they of course sell out and they, you know, the next thing you know, it's a Starbucks popping up in a Walmart and that shit will kill you too. But I think that like, I look at my own state and you know, we're, we've had our governor fucking put in prison, multiple mayors put in jail over corruption. And it, like, I would love to see Bridgeport come up and be a foodie town and be turned into like, like what a, a, an Asheville turned into or a Brooklyn or whatever. But a lot of people would thumb their nose up at that and go, fuck that, you know, 
if it was people who were creative types, forward-thinking people, people that were hard-working people, why wouldn't you want them to succeed? Why would you rather go give some fucking asshole corporate, like, like basically, think about this. You, you know, people want, like, generic bullshit. They want shit that's, like, not made with any love or care. Like, why do you want a cup of coffee that no, that, that some fucking slave child picked the beans for? Like, you like, like, wouldn't you want to support, wouldn't you pay an extra couple bucks if you knew it was like going to somebody who was actually reinvesting the money in the community? You would think, right? I mean, that seems like a no brainer, but you know, I mean, when it comes down to it, that couple of bucks can, can means a lot to people's budget. Yeah, I was in, I mean, there's areas like Waterbury, Connecticut. I'm like, you could buy a house for a dollar. There's areas in Detroit, you could buy a house yeah. for a dollar. You know? So, like, yeah, are you going to have to remove all this lead and asbestos and all this shit? Yeah, but, like, imagine if a bunch of, like, entrepreneurs got together and brought these communities up and gave local people jobs. And then when, 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 when I come home from a world tour, where do you think my money goes? It goes into my local community. I go to my local grocer. I go to my local barber. I go to my, you know what I mean? Like, and this, I'm not going to fucking super cuts. Well, wait a minute. Wait, you know I mean? although, I, I've seen your although, haircut, dude. I don't, you know, I think you can totally do that on your own. Just, just but just keep so you know. in mind that local super cuts is op- is owned by a middle class franchisee who's just trying to get by as well. So you, you know, hope it's not, you hope. Yeah. You well, hope. Most of the time. Right. Most of the time. But I like, you know, but you go to Chipotle, right? I go to the real deal Mexican. I go to the, I go to the Taquero Mexico. I don't fuck around. <laughs> you go to Moe's. I, I hear you. I'm in Texas. I know what you're talking about. I know where it's See, at. I, I get the, I get the whole libertarian thing. I'm, I'll, I'll publicly put it out here right now. I will be voting for Gary Johnson. I, I publicly endorse Gary Johnson. I think he's a great candidate, but I worry about the ability for libertarianism and free market capitalism to keep up with exponential technologies and and economies of scale that are happening now, unlike any time ever in human history. So, so, so you think like some of their stuff is like cutting off their nose to spite their face? Like they don't want to, like they don't want to have the like. Why isn't the government regulating like these streaming services and? Oh, well, we don't want big government. Well, then, okay, well, then what are we doing in the music community? We're just making tech people rich. They're getting rich off yes. all of our content. Yeah. Um, when really, everybody should have stood together. Every every metal artist should have stood together, pull everything off of Spotify and, and Apple Music and have our own streaming service with a higher payout. We split the ad revenue based on our listens, have a fucking real system that's not um, braille to most people that you know could be understood have a have you know really transparent uh, accounting systems i mean yeah coulda woulda shoulda all it's funny now because i always say lars was right you know that that really ruffles people's feathers <laughs> and um it's like well look at the video game company they all these video game companies they protected their intellectual property and um and they you know they laughed all the way to the bank I mean, yeah, you can go on Pirate Bay and get a fucking video game if you really want it, but it's a whole ordeal. Now, some people might say, no, it's easy. Well, you're, yeah, but you're, you know, you haven't touched a vagina in 10 years, so, yeah, it's easy <laughs> for you to fucking download the video game. But do, do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, we're, 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 Lars was right. We should have backed him. We should have got involved in politics. We should have had some, I mean, even some of these copyright laws, and some of these uh, poor bastards that sign these deals in perpetuity, there should be laws against that. Why are you beholden to a deal that you signed when you're 17 years old 
when you're 45 and this fucking asshole that roped you into the deal is still getting paid off your intellectual property, your creative work? That's fucking, that's criminal. Well, I, I can th- hear John Fogarty applauding you from here. Yeah, so right. Well, yes, I, yes, yes. well, I think the biggest problem we have with the with, with Lars is that, yes, he was right about uh, about the file sharing and free downloading and, and the piracy part of that, but there was no plan to, outside of what outside of that, what you're talking about. There's no alternative, and it was already too late to the you know the genie's out of the bottle by that point right so you know where do we go from here because i mean now you're almost beholden to the spotify model we're almost beholden to that because it's it's a way to promote your music and everything else and to get the word out but at the same time it makes you lose money right and i'm sure they've already you know put the 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 ball in motion to you know patent the technology and the algorithms and whatever else they're using so that you know a competitor uh you know can't try to you know, uh, corner. Yeah. The Pandora. Idea, yeah. Right. And, uh, and you look, you know, my stuff's on Spotify, you know, my stuff's on Apple music, all, all, all the records, maybe a couple aren't, I think razor and time might've pulled divinity of purpose. I don't know. I gotta like, I gotta look into that. I've seen a lot of tweets about that. Like people saying, what, why is it off? I don't know, but really it's about market share. So if people want to understand the business of, of streaming services, it's the, the labels really, all these indie labels, they have deals with major distributors, most of them. Or they have deals with indie distributors that are owned by the parent companies, Warner, Universal, and um, uh, Sony. So who's going to, you know, you're going to see everybody's going to get signed up, all these labels, all these indie labels, because it's about market share, because the most market share gets the most payout. And then those investors, they're laughing all the way to the bank. They just got another, like, one point something billion in funding or something. It's, it's you know, it, it was a genius idea. And there's a lot of good people working at both those, both those places. Um, I know they listen to my podcast because they've, they've reached out. And, um, you know, they've said to me, oh, well, you, you know, these rights holders got paid this much for these amount of streams. And, and look, that's all fine and dandy. But if Metal, they did some article about Metal bringing in all the listeners. Well, then why is Metal getting a, a higher rate? Yeah. If they they're, if, if, the lion's share, yeah. Right. If every in any other business, if you move the needle, you have negotiating power to negotiate a better deal. You got to be able to threaten Coke that you're going to sh- switch to Pepsi. And if there is no alternative to Spotify, then Spotify has no inclination to change their. Yeah, there's not a metal version price. of Title out there. Right, and when Title launched, and they and now they had all those people up on the stage, I'm thinking, you dumb fucks, like you could have. You could have aligned yourselves with people who aren't multimillionaires mm-hmm. who really move the needle. Like if, if Neil from Clutch was up there and said, hey, you know, this is what we're doing, and, and the rock and the metal artists are going to get a fair shake, and it's, it's not going to be all this, you know, Egyptian type of uh, uh, hieroglyphics in the accounting that nobody can read. I would have been like, yeah, let's let's follow Neil. But until we have some like real charismatic sort of leader, you know, fighting for us, I, I, mean, I just don't. wait a second until we do. You I hear are a very the key, most yeah, charismatic say. person in metal. Come on, who Neil? You? No, you. Yeah. yeah, I wish if you knew the stuff that I deal with on a day to day behind the scenes. It's there's not enough hours in the day. I just got a phone call from Neil. He says, if you knew what I got to deal with on a day-to-day basis, <laughs> there's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, so, so until somebody takes that step off the edge, right? You know, it's, is it ever going to, is anything like that ever going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
Somebody with somebody like a Mustaine or Hatfield, somebody with a lot of social media followers that can really move the needle. I mean, we saw it with Taylor Swift. What she did was great. I mean, she she really got their attention, and she got a lot of artists paid when it was when it was going to be free. But again, now you're getting you know you got a lot of different labels out there, and to get everybody to sit down together and, and you know work together, it's it's just too hard. I mean, I yeah, but- I just had a meeting with a label which I was I was like, man, this is a what was like a great meeting and just just about um, you know, trying to help a band get signed and they went dark. You don't hear back from them. And so like I tell this to people like especially I, I talk to a lot of people that are disenchanted in the music industry and I'm like, Yeah, that's how it works. You take take a hundred meetings and maybe one pans out. And I remember hearing like Dee Schneider talk about this and, and I remember like in the dark times in the mid nineties I would be like, why are these guys complaining? You know, they were, they had it made, they were on MTV and the, and now I'm not in a similar position as far as, you know, ever having like the exposure or the, or the, or the record sales or the, or the, you know, influence like someone like a Mustang or a T Schneider. But now I, I do feel their pain in the, in the, in the sense that, you know, it's peaks and valleys in this business. And when you hit the valley, you're like, fuck, how do we get back to the peak? But Jamie, at the same time, if, if 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 D Snyder's phone rings and and it and it's godless from the Metal Sucks podcast calling, he's asking why is my car still that dirty, you know. But if Jamie Jasta <laughs> calls, he's like, "Hey Jamie, what's going on?" You know, and you can build something, can't you? And then you yeah, delegate. Yeah, I mean, there's there's yeah yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know how much time I really. I mean, right now my focus is like I, I want to build the podcast network. And so, and, and really after having the last couple of meetings with certain labels, I almost feel like if I was to say go and, and shop a baby band, right, and say the advance is 30 grand, right, and you, you really, I mean, at this point, in this time, you think there's no way this band is going to recoup that. But if I go to a podcast network and I get a 30 grand advance, I can create a lot of free content with that, get advertisers to make the money back, get talent that might become super popular and you see what i mean it's like it's like the time is better spent there would oh, be more really? of a return oh, but see then now that sounds, sounds like a- the spotify model <laughs> <laughs> well it's like oh but uh, th- no because no because people would be getting a salary that's what i'm saying oh, okay yeah oh, sure yeah, the yeah, network yeah. The net, i'm not I'm, I'm saying free content as in the fans who want to listen to, say, uh, uh, you know, a Randy Bly uh, weekly podcast or a Brent Hines or, uh, you know, someone like a, a Rob Flint who, you know, if Rob Flint had a subscription podcast, I would sign up right now. So yeah. I'm just saying in that sense where if I had an advance from a network where I could go out and put people on salary to create content, talk about ideas and try to, you know, get inspired. I mean, a lot of ideas that I've had on my podcast have come to fruition. And have been, you know, beneficial for fans and for the artists and for myself. So I'm just saying, like, if it was, if I was going to devote, if I was going to go get investors to try to do my own streaming service, try to devote a bunch of time to that, but then have some huge corporation try to crush it or try to block it or try to not get the exclusive, how can I go and get a Megadeth exclusive streaming over Apple or Spotify? It's just not happening. It's David versus Goliath. 
it's, but it's, but there's no happy ending here. But what's disappointing about that is like it's like it just sort of sucks the wind out of it and go. Well, what about what 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 do we do? You know, it's like how, how do we how do we bring that tide? How do we how do we make this thing not go away? Have to what, what do we do? Elect to make it Bernie happen? to regulate it. Yeah. Well, I, I think maybe we push the bands to kind of go the clutch route. I mean, look at them; they really they did it on their own. Yeah, through Red, which I guess you know, if it if it if the song popped, it would be. I guess maybe I don't know what their I don't know what the language if there's verbiage in their deal that would say like, oh, it would upstream to Sony if it got to a certain amount of scan. But I mean, that there's no you know there they are the label. So, but if you look at like major artists who try to do that, like Manson, it actually did less than his current record, which is on a label. So it's like an artist-by-artist thing. I almost feel like with this podcast network that I've signed on to, gasdigitalnetwork.com, I almost feel like I might even test the water with putting up songs to stream on that network for subscribers. Hmm. So, like, you know, at least then, if you're a subscriber, you get a bonus of one song a month or or something. Because there are a lot of bands that they're benefiting from these curated playlists, and I get it. Like, if Dave Grohl, if you're some indie rock band dressed like a fucking coal miner, and Dave Grohl puts you on their fucking uh, playlist, you're a you're overnight sensation. So that's how you look at those plays. You look at all these curated playlists, and that's why a lot of these songs are getting played. So the editor, there is some value to the editorial process. So maybe, like, um, you know, people... There's a great band, Turbid North. A lot of people reacted to on my podcast. There's a band on today, um, Oni or Ani, I don't know how you pronounce it, people really liking that song. So if someone else likes that song and puts it in a curated playlist, or if it's free to stream or download on the network, then maybe we could get some traction, or maybe we could get some buzz building. I don't know. And start building a metal version of Spotify on your podcast network. That's what you're announcing right here, right now. Everybody <laughs> yeah, heard it for the first time. Or, or an unsigned you know, or an unsigned yeah. um, thing where, you know, where you, where if you're a subscriber, you click through and it's very easy and you, you know, you get a DRM free uh, file. I mean, I love that, that the way that Louis C.K. did a, his comedy special it was so easy. I mean, you just, you, you know, you just pay for it on PayPal and boom, the download starts. Yeah. And there you go. You have it and you can share it. You can put it on your, you know, you can put it on your Kindle Fire. You can put it on your iPad or your iPad mini or your iPad touch or whatever it is, your iPhone. Have you been watching what like protest the hero have been trying yeah, to that's do? A, that with, was like, where the, I was going to. Yeah. Like the crowdfunding and then subscription model with the, their, their new songs. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it a bunch on the podcast and I had a bunch of people say that they signed up and they were pleased with it. There was another one that, um, that did it. I forget the name. I want to say it was like, it was some, maybe it was guys who knew like under oath or uh, members of under oath. Or I, there was another, band that did it too and people were really happy with the incentives and everything was delivered in a timely fashion and I got, there's there's been some campaigns where I got oh Darkest Hour too people seem yeah. to be really yeah. uh, I had Mike on the show and people seem to be really supportive of them doing that and honestly if I it, to, to be completely you know forthright about a situation like that like if I brought that into label like if I took that and I was their representative or their manager I don't know if I could have got them that same event Right. You know, yeah. so I thought, man, in that case, that's good. That's probably a third more than what they would have got at some of these labels. Yeah, well, I yeah, mean, in, in the case of like Protest the Hero, when you're talking about you know, crowdfunding over $200,000 for an advance, that's that's not even, <laughs> that's unheard of. Right, and I'm not, I'm not, yeah, and I'm not familiar with too much of their material, but I'll, I, I, I will 
say by based on that sort of response that their material is providing a great feeling and, and value that um, a lot of other bands in their genre, I'm sure, are providing as well, but just not to that same sort of level of of devotion. Well, I'm just hoping that like the energy behind crowdfunding and that sort of thing hasn't started to dissipate in the the sort of uh, it's kind of like not as much fun. I'm hoping that everybody sees it as for what it is, which is it's basically a pre-ordering system at this point. Yeah, it's a, just a DIY label. Yeah, which, where where then that capital can be reinvested into making a better product. Yeah. You know, all this stuff costs money. The backdrops, the scrims, the lighting package, all this stuff costs money. So, you, and, and people enjoy it. You know, like if you, if, if you took, if you took a YouTube video side by side of someone playing in a, uh, you know, a warehouse with all the lights on, and I've seen this, you know, a billion times. I set up hundreds, if not thousands of hardcore shows where I didn't have the budget to have lights and I didn't have a budget to have a stage. And I didn't have a budget to have a big PA and people came and they, you know, had a good time, but it only lasts for so long. It's like the law of diminishing returns. For it. So, but, but the bands that then I was able to bring back, Cannibal Corpse, for instance, I remember they were so bummed. I, I, I had them play in a, in a fucking soccer rink. And the stage was so high, and there was the PA sucked, and I had no lights. And they ended up playing on the floor, and they were bummed. And I remember thinking, like, man, why are these guys bummed? Like, it's going to be a great show. And it really wasn't that great of a show. But then when I had them back, I had them at a real club because I used that money that I made off my other shows to reinvest where I could rent out a real club and get a real lighting guy and a real sound guy. And so, and then that show was even better because why? Because the band was psyched to play on a real PA with a real stage with a real lighting and they could put on a great show. And so then that energy is of value to people, right? You know, you go into a cannibal show, so when those lights go down, you don't want to see them in a soccer rink with all the lights up. Yeah. <laughs> you want the lights to go down. You want the intro to roll. You know, hammer fast smash face is coming out and you're going to lose your fucking mind. You're going to bang your head and you're going to leave the show. You're going to feel awesome. That's the value that they're giving you. So if they fan funded a record, fuck yeah, I'm going to go and support it. Well, I did see Ricky Rackman introduce the band Cancer on an arena stage with all the lights on. And that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there, and believe me, there's a whole, there's a whole generation of kids that that's all they want to see is that his band playing on the floor of the VFW hall. And I, look, I was 15 too. I loved it. It was great. I but, remember you know, being stupid. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, it's like, look, man, it's like, just cause you know, whatever, just, you know, you have a Ferrari, but do you really want to go ride the training wheel bikes? I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. So, so Jamie, are you gonna are you gonna come down on uh, the Gary Johnson side of things, or are you gonna flow with this uh, Jill Stein idea that you got, or, or what are you gonna do? Or is it Trump all the way? No, you know what? I'm definitely gonna look into Gary Stein. I'm, I'm like right now. I'm open to everything. I'm attached to nothing. You know, and it's not a cop out. It's just that it's a learning process. This is the first time I ever paid attention to it. So it's funny when people are bro- breaking my balls about it. It's like. Some guy was like, oh, I was going to buy your record until I saw that comment about Jill Stein. It's like, really? Oh, that's that's where we're at? Like, <laughs> that's the stopgap, really? So, Come on. But you're on tour. Do you, like, do you find like most of the Hatebreed fans are, are you know, are they, are, 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 are they, they Trump make, fans? Yeah, do they want to make America great again or what? It's split right down the middle, man. Yeah. It is split right down the middle. And that's why I say, like, go to highsidewiz.com and, and check it out because you can't, you, like everybody what's that thing of like oh don't bring it up at dinner don't bring up religion yeah, politics right. whatever. well now how do you do that 
I mean, that was how it was in the 80s and the 90s, but there used to be a trade-off. Like, all right, well, all right, we're going to have Democrats for these four years. All right, now we're going to have Republicans. It wasn't like, fuck you, I'm going to burn your house down, or you're a piece of shit. It wasn't like that. You should have seen me at my business meeting a couple days ago. Like, as soon as that contract got signed by the other guys at the other side of the table, I immediately launched into politics talk. It was like, <laughs> in a moment. <laughs> my wife was like, hey, oh, man, God, I got it, it signed. As long as it was six figures. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know. It's it's so weird because I grew up in a house where all we we talked about politics all the time. Like it was something that was uh, that was part of the regular wheelhouse from the time I was a kid, and it was just always something that was that was talked about. So it seems really strange, especially for somebody who is as socially active as you are with your music and everything. That you're just now starting to come to this, uh, come to this, and and uh, and kind of stretch your legs in this uh, arena. Yeah, because like I said, it was bound to come up. So, um, and you know, obviously it was the right choice with the with the billboard position. Now we're getting on the back on the covers of magazines and stuff, and and it gets people talking. And so, you know, you point someone in a new direction, you spark a new thought. Um, and there's a lot of people out there just like me or, or younger that they it, it, it's never been brought to their attention. It's not in, it's not in there you know, their day-to-day conversations and now it is. And, you know, if you, if you care where your dollar goes, if you care about where your vote goes, you know, either way, then good for you. Jamie Johnson knows better than anybody that CNN always gets the story right. So (laughs) (laughs) there was one day where I tried to watch like, well, now I don't think Al Jazeera's on anymore, right? They lost a network deal or, or maybe it's online, but there was, there was one day where I tried to watch, uh, it was right around the Paris shootings, where I tried to watch every network to see like the way the difference in reporting. I was just like, "Man, it's so crazy how it's it's it really is like they there there is no unbiased because it even comes down to the talking heads like they can't even help mm-hmm. you know especially yeah. in a tragic situation like that. Yeah, Everybody then is like, you know, oh well, why are you talking about French policy? You don't make policy in France." Whatever you fucking say doesn't matter. You're not going to go get make legal, gun legal in, in France. Why even bring it up? But it's like you get these heated emotions. You get these heated opinions. And it was sure interesting. I definitely went into the media rabbit hole, but I was surprised at it's the level of bullshit that was coming out of the screen. And in the news, and in, in, well, I'll tell you, I, I left the United States a year ago because I, I became upset with how politics were flying in the States and uh, could never have predicted Trump, mind you, but, you know, the the idea that Hillary's going to be president is pretty frightening as well. So uh, I got the hell well, out. And go? I find I'm in Ireland. And so I okay, find yeah, my here, father's like, in Ireland. Oh, cool. So, you know, I read The Guardian and, you know, the local papers and stuff and just and local radio and their perspective on what's going on in the States is almost hilarious because they're like, oh, my God, you, you guys get what's going on over there. It's nutty. Oh, I know. I know. That's why, that's why when I see, you know, people spouting off, you know, who've never left, you know, their little town in Oklahoma, it's like, all right, all right, I get it. But, you know, it's I'm, you got you I'm can't watching- be so isolated. I'm watching UFC the other uh, night, you know, from the fight night. And, you know, one of the guys had, like, the big U.S. flag behind him as he's about to take on Hennon Burrell. And I'm like, I don't know. Now that U.S. flag, to me, 
it, it's got a total different message that it used to. It doesn't stand for what it used to stand for. And then, and then when you know, and I'm reminded of the song that you've got on the single, and it's like it's more than just about how the American dream has changed. It's it's, it's everything this country stands for has changed. Right until you leave and you get treated <laughs> like a pariah, like when you go places, uh, which has happened to us. You know when you know. I mean, shit, there's places in the world where if, if you go and you're not, you know, watching your back, you better say you're a fucking Canadian <laughs> because yeah. it ain't a welcoming situation. But, I mean, I love America. It's great. And I would proudly hang a flag any day of the week, but I, fl- I hang the flag uh, in, in hopes to make it better or at least contribute what little I can to make it better. And let's not have a false sense of nationalism. Motherfucker, you got the fucking, like, 50th slowest internet. How, how, how the fuck do you... <laughs> what, what, until you help change that, uh, I mean, I, I got better... I got fucking better internet in Minsk. You go through customs in any other country. They're smiley. They're nice. They like to talk to you. And they let you go. Everything's good. You come into the states, and they look at you like you are evil incarnate. I mean, even as an American, they look at me that way, and it's a pain in the ass and the whole thing. And it's like that bad vibe starts as soon as the the tires hit the runway. You know what I mean? Well, we've been very lucky with that, where TSA and Customs, and I know people who work in Customs, I know I know people who work in the Border Patrol, we've been very lucky with that, where they treated us just so good, and I have no complaints with that, but what I do, what I, when I, you know, when people ask me about that song, or when they ask me about a song, Us Against Us, between AD and Us Against Us, that was like, especially outside of America, those are the two songs that people ask about us the most. I said, look, man, we have, I said, have you been to the VA? I've been. That's where my grandfather passed away and when you see that and you see guys that are coming in off the street they're homeless they have nothing and you go well what was the point what was like what was the benefit of sacrificing all your time and energy for something that you thought was a worthy cause when you can't get coverage you're you're plagued by red tape your family can't get help i mean the va situation in itself is is shameful so let's chill with the nationalistic type of behavior until people get together and, uh, you know, donate money to the, I mean, there's until, I mean, think about, you think the way that the Vietnam vets were treated was bad. My dad was a Vietnam vet, is a Vietnam vet. And, um, you know, but now, I mean, I knew guys that were in the Gulf and came back with Gulf War syndrome, PTSD. And now we know guys who enlisted right after 9-11 who thought they were doing the right thing. And now it's like, where okay? Where was the WMDs? Where was it? So I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit hole with that. And I love America, but just because you question certain policies or certain practices, and you know, just because you don't support conflicts doesn't mean you don't support the troops. And just because you, you bring up certain topics doesn't mean you're not a patriot. It means that 22. you want it to be better. Yeah, exactly. Twenty-two push-ups a day, Jamie. Twenty-two military vets commit suicide every single motherfucking day. It's just not right. It's just not right. That needs they need support. Those are useless wars, uh, and and God damn it, bring Edward Snowden home, right? <laughs> totally. And and let's be honest, who are the people that are enlisting? You know, it's it's usually people that are thinking it's this is going to be a noble thing. They didn't know they didn't know they were going to have to do bad things. They didn't know what they didn't know that there was going to be you know, all sorts of casualties, you know, friendly fire, all that different stuff. I mean, you hear about some of the stuff, it's really unfortunate. And, but 
again, are the are the are the politicians' family members enlisting? Are the children of the of the one percent of the rich elite? Are they going over there to fight? No, 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 no. It's the poor and the middle class. And I've talked to guys that have gone, and they've said, "Look, man, if you saw what I saw." You'd want to kill these people. If you saw what they did to women, if you saw what they did to children, if you saw what they did to our children, and, and believe me, I'm not, I'm not questioning questioning anybody's honor or motives or anything like that. You could support the troops without having to support the oil companies and the conflicts that are unneeded military military industrial complex, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. There is a reason to have a military. And a lot of the people are honorable, good people. Hey, yeah, Jamie, are you dating Sharon Osborne? <laughs> <laughs> I love Sharon. She's great. And, Wouldn't uh, she be great for your career? How? <laughs> as, a, as a manager, she, she could like, I mean, she's the, she is the greatest music business manager in the history of the music business. I mean, wouldn't that be the most awesome thing for your career? I mean, I got to be honest with you. I'm happy with where I'm at now. I Some people will say I'm loyal to a fault, but you got to understand, like, my manager passed away. So mm. the assistant manager came on as the manager. And so to be able to maintain, you know, this long and, and have our highest debut recently and people really react on this record. It's not just like, Oh, the, it's not just like, Oh, the, the there's less stores and there's, you know, the industry down. So you're, you know, you're naturally having, you know, a higher chart number. No, we actually sold more than self-titled and the same amount as the last record. So it's maintenance. Right. And so, yeah, would Sharon be a great manager? Of course. Would she be amazing? Would she, would she able to help us maintain or even maybe get bigger opportunities? Absolutely. But that would mean being, you know, leaving a situation that I've been in a long time. And so it's just, I know we're talking hypothetical here, but I'm just being honest. She's, pro- like, she's probably great to cuddle with, too. <laughs> you know, she gave me a hug at the press conference, and uh, with all the stuff that she's going through, I really felt for her. And, uh, you know, I wish her the best, and it's hard. I mean, it's, having a relationship in the music industry is a hard thing to do. And even at the smallest level, and I, I don't mean this to come off in a bad way, but there are women that will go through crazy lengths to get what they want. And so you could be the most faithful guy. You could be the most honorable guy. But, I mean, it's everywhere you turn. And, and even at my small level, I mean, it's every day you could walk off the bus and it's on if you wanted it to be. So it's it's very hard. I see it from both standpoints. It's like, you know, hopefully this stuff so doesn't get taken out of context. And wait, just for, I, I want to make sure it's clear because you know it was sort of like a, a, a. So you're saying that like like every day you've got women who would totally love to 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 have a relationship with you and be part of your career and maybe even part of your family. It's it's crazy. I, it's not as crazy oh. as it was when I was on TV, but it's pretty. It's if I could publish. I mean, dude, in the, in the MySpace days, the things, like when you're on TV, for whatever reason, there's this, like, it just makes women interested. I don't know. I mean, actors, I can't even imagine what it's like with, like, actual 
famous people. I got an idea for your next podcast, because damn, <laughs> man, that's the show. <laughs> Be like, yesterday, you won't believe what happened, you know? <laughs> no, see, this is the thing, what I say. If you send me nudes, like my Instagram uh, direct messages, they're safe with me. I'll never <laughs> leak. I'll never. Uh, well, that's you know, awesome. I got my camera out and my pants down. Here they come. Come in your way. But this is the thing. This is the thing. We can talk about it on the podcast and we can joke about it and it's all, it's all fun and dandy and it's all kind of like funny and it's kind of cheap. But like I made the mistake of once showing my Facebook messages and my Instagram messages. Like I made, even in the MySpace days, I made the mistake. Even when you show it to a dude who you think is going to be like, wow, that's cool. You're the man. It's not really the best reaction. It's like, it's like, really? That's what going, like I had a dude who was like, really like just completely just like blown away. It was like, I can't believe women behave like this. Was it your dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a guitar player of another band. who was just, just really just bummed. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm getting is dick pics. What's going on? What am I doing wrong? Oh. And, and, and there's no, way to, there's no way to talk about it. Like, there's no way to talk about it without coming off like a douchebag. And so, so, but it's funny, like that with, with technology, it's just people are more reachable than ever. So it's like, there's go-getters out there, and so I don't want to. I don't know anything about the situation, but I, you know, it seems like this lady was trying to take advantage of us. I don't know. There was a rap tune uh, a few years ago I loved, and I can't remember the name of the guy who did it, but he had this great song. It was about how when you're famous and you date somebody who's also famous, it's almost like dating when you weren't famous. So, have really? you ever dated somebody else who's famous? And did it feel like when you weren't famous? Um, and no comment. I'm just gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say. Hey, remember that, at the beginning uh, of the show, you said that that like you know the more honest, yeah, the more open you are, you know. Yeah, People but already like look at look at the shit I got from just the stupid uh, Axel. Uh, you know, all I said was Mark Tornillo. Uh, would be a cool, uh, you know, fill-in. And then I go on my Facebook, and it's a bunch of people, you know, you're a fucking retard, you're you're an asshole, this, that. Next thing you know, Kurt is hitting me up, dude, you're on the headline on these metal sites. And I'm like, oh, I was, I was just answering a question. It's not a press release. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pay a publicist to put out a press release, you know, so... Um, yeah, but how many hate-breed albums do you sell out of that? True. You know, you sell a bunch. I don't know, man. I don't know. But it's it's meet and greet time. It's, and I, I hate to go <laughs> short. You know. You guys uh, are there are any back. famous chicks in that uh, meet and greet line? Right on, dude. <laughs> Concrete Confessional Man is a new record, and uh, and it rules, man. So thank you, uh, thank you, Jamie Justin, for coming on the uh, Metal Sucks podcast, dude. Jamie, the rebound Justin. Right on, dude. Any, any, any time, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. A shotgun to my head, they said I wasn't worth the bullets Now the world is my trigger and I'm here to fucking pull it
Louder Than Life 2016. Saturday and Sunday, October 1st and 2nd at Champions Park with Slipknot. And Avenged Sevenfold. The two titans of rock, Avenged Sevenfold and Slipknot, together. Also with Corn, Slayer, Pierce the Veil, The Cult, The Pretty Reckless, Ghost, Alter Bridge, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's Cheap Trick, and Disturbed. Louder Than Life, Music, Gourmet Man Food, and The Return of Bourbon World. Two full days, three stages per day. Saturday, October 1st and Sunday, October 2nd. Go to louderthanlifefestival.com for all ticket and festival information. Avenged Sevenfold and Slipknot with Slayer, Cheap Trick, and so many more. Louder Than Life, fueled by Monster Energy and Miller Lite.
that might be one of those that your kids are going to love more than uh, you do. I don't know for sure, but I love it. Asteroid is the name of the band right there. That's the title song of their new record that came out uh, last week. Air is the name of the song on the Metal Sucks podcast. Brilliant oh, awesome. stuff. Yeah, I send you shit all the time on Twitter and go, check this out. And you're like, yeah. It's always terrible. <laughs> it's always terrible. You always send me shit that's like, and I mean, I mean, whatever about the, about the, what was the one that was on your list that was pretty Zeal good? Zeal and Ardor, man. Yeah, like, okay, whatever. I mean, I, Kim Kelly even tweeted about that. She likes that one. Not, not me. <laughs> we, 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 the whole family were sitting at dinner last night going, uh, dinner is fine. We, changed, we made a parody. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Devil is fine. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, this was uh, this was something you found from somebody on Twitter, right? From uh, was Dean Brown? Yeah. yeah, from Metal Hammer tweeted it out. Said it was like his pick of the week, and I was like, and then he described it. And I don't remember what he said about the way he described it. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm checking this out. And then when I did, it was like, oh, man, Chuck's going to hate this. I got to send it to him. <laughs> but no, I really loved it. Like, I loved yeah. it from the from first listen. I was like, holy shit, this is really good. Because it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you heard it. It's got that kind of proggy sort of black metal thing that they've got going on there. Kind of a little, um, oh, what's the damn band? Um uh, 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 with the thing, oh, son of a bitch. What's the damn band? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but Def Heaven. There you uh, go. I was thinking Def Heaven. Uh, I kind of got that you know major chord black metal thing going on, but I love the vocals. Like I love the layering and the vocals. It's good stuff, dude. And it was funny because I was, I was after you sent it to me, I started hunting it down a little bit and tracking it down. And I found them on Twitter, and I'm like, hey, look, they got like 300 followers. Oh, son of a bitch. So go check these guys out, man. It's a, it's a really good record. I listened to it like four times so already like since, since you introduced me to it and already put it on my radio show. So, yeah, it's good stuff, man. All right, let's get into uh, our, our next chat. Now that we have uh, put Jamie Josta behind us, we need to look ahead to Cat Jones. She did an article on Noisy uh, featuring the young women, right? Is that is that where we're going? We got young women uh, yep. of the mm-hmm. bands of Wax Idols and King Woman. If you if someone were to ask a journalist like the first question about this, the first question would probably be are are they telling the truth? And and then I felt like an, a moron for having that question pop in my head because obviously they're telling the truth. And so then I went, oh geez, you know. Why is it that all these people who do these say these awful things on the posts and why would Bobby Liebling treat these people so badly? And the thought was, well, maybe they're just morons and maybe somebody just really needs to explain this to them a little bit. Does that make sense? I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt in my mind that these girls are absolutely telling the truth. If they weren't, then, of course, I wouldn't have even considered writing the story. They, first of all, I was at the Portland show where Bobby was on a plane during the opening sets. They had they pushed the show back two hours because they didn't even know for sure that he was going to make it there. The night before that, he didn't show up at all uh, in Seattle, and they had they one of the other band members staying instead, which I'm sure pissed off a lot of people who thought they were going to go see Bobby Liebling, but so it was a mess for sure. And those girls have like combined like 16 years of professional music industry resume under their belts. They know what's up. They have 
they know how things are supposed to run. They know how to let certain behaviors slide. They know, you know, they know the ropes and they're not super young either. Heather's 28. I believe Christina is like 24 or 25. You know, they're, they're not like little teenagers running around doing this for the first time. And so for them to finally put their foot down and quit a tour early, like, even without knowing the story, just knowing those facts, I would absolutely believe them because who in their right mind would quit a tour that's like that, like probably the biggest profile tour they've ever had and miss out on three opportunities to get more money, get more fans, sell more merch, make more connections. Like there's just no way that a band would do that unless it was absolutely necessary and even if in their wildest dreams, if this was somehow a ploy for attention, this is not the kind of attention that those girls would want. And getting the type of attention where people are suddenly calling you liars or, you know, saying that you ought to suck it up and grow up or whatever, like nobody, women, men, anybody, like nobody wants that kind of attention. So for many of us, our first impression of these bands is this story, which is not what they would want. Oh, yeah, of course. And when I, when I first approached them about this story, they were both really wary of it. Like, they, they had already decided to quit the tour. They wrote about it on social media. They, um, they were ready to seriously just, like, put it to bed and, you know, have a couple of days off before they went on with their own national co-headline tour. And they agreed to do the story, which I was honored that they would share with me but it was it was truly me reaching out to them. Like I pitched the story to Noisy because I work for them and because it's you know I'm a I'm a music journalist. It's literally my job to report about important things that are happening in metal. So this happened, and I um, I had just seen them a couple of nights before, and I just met Heather. So I had her email address. You know, so I I hit them up about it. And so if anybody wants to you know point fingers please point fingers at me, not them. <laughs> like this is, this is absolutely my idea, not theirs. So why was it, I mean, aside from the obvious, because it sounds like an obvious question, why was it important for you to get this story down? Because I know that those girls are well-spoken. I know they're talented. I love their bands because it would seem like a relevant story that would be easy to get a hold of and interesting and, and that people would want to read it. And, you know, I absolutely, of course, I'm a woman and I, of course, am sick of seeing this type of thing happen to other women. And just, I mean, the part about the money, you know, having like their money mishandled on the tour, I would, I mean, that's not even like a woman thing. That's just like any of my friends that are musicians, I'd be pissed about that happening too. So I wanted to tell the story because I think that it's time to, for people to put their foot down about being mistreated in any way. And, um, but, but I, I want to make it very clear that I didn't have some sort of like angry feminist narrative about this. Like my being a woman had nothing to do with this story at all. I'm just a journalist who saw an important thing happen to a high profile band and thought that it was important to document what was happening. And they agreed to tell their story. (laughs) So that's basically it. When you got that 
uh, a response from Pentagram, you must have been like, oh my God, I struck gold because the, <laughs> the response from them was like, I mean, like between the lines was like, okay, yeah, we sexually harassed them the whole time, but we've been doing that for people for 50 years. Come on, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, when I read that, I um, <laughs> I just had to laugh because, you know, the whole, hey, he's a single man, it's not a crime to like women. <laughs> I was like, okay, look, <laughs> you can think a person is hot all you want. I mean, if that were a crime, we would all be in jail. But there's a difference between thinking someone's attractive, hitting on them, you know, maybe trying to flirt with them and blatant overt like sexual comments. Can you imagine Bobby Liebling walking up to you and saying something disgusting about your body? God, I mean, no. like, oh my God, like, no. A- anybody would be creeped out by that. So, actually, I think that would make know, a really great, uh, a, like, item on a crowdfunding campaign. Like, you know, you give 10 bucks to Bobby's crowdfunding, he'll call, leave a message on your oh. phone. You'll do that. Can you imagine that? It would be hilarious. Oh. <laughs> like, oh nobody would buy it, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, totally. You know, it's, I think. It's a it's a weird thing these days where like if a woman says, you know, this person said disgusting things to me, like tons of dudes are really threatened by that because they're like, Well, what are we even supposed to say to women? And we're like, dude, it's fine. Like you're allowed to think that we're hot and we're flattered by that, but there's a there's a respectful way of going about it and there's a disrespectful way of going about it. And you know, aside from the fact that nobody wants Bobby Liebling talking about their body like that, you know, it's just your professionals on a tour with other professionals who are there to do their job. And if it becomes a situation where every time you turn around, you're having some gross old man making comments about, you know, wanting to do things to your body, like you got to put your foot down somewhere. And that is not just hitting on someone or thinking someone's attractive. That's being like a lesh. That's <laughs> not cool. Well, it's, it's intimidation. I mean, and, and that's and that's your workplace. You know, so I mean, the, the, you're going to work every night on stage and and playing music. They, you shouldn't have to face that sort of thing uh, by yeah. somebody who is your is basically your coworker for for a tour like that. Yeah, and um, and what struck me most about this whole situation was the fact that. You know, when when they were told by promoters that money was potentially being mishandled and they went to the tour manager to talk about it and he kind of laughed at them and was like, oh, what do you think you're owed something? And they're like, yeah, we're owed what we're contractually obligated to have, which it doesn't sound like we're getting. And also, you know, we've been treated horribly and we have dealt with a ton of shit that we've never dealt with before in our lives. And the tour manager was like, you know, like, oh, how have you guys been treated like shit? And they told him and he was like, well, maybe you're not cut out for this. <laughs> <laughs> and like, no one should be told that they have to endure disgusting comments from old men and that their job depends on it. Like that, that's fucked up. And unfortunately, that's a double standard that men do not have to deal with. I mean... I I hate dividing stuff like that because I know, of course, male musicians have a lot of problems on the road and touring is hard for everybody. But that's one specific thing that men 
generally do not ever have to deal with. And women across the board are told, well, that's just the way things are. And just because that's the way things have always been does not make it right. And if we can put our foot down now and quit tours where that's happening to us or, you know, whatever profession it's happening to us, you know, this world's going to be a lot better place. And I think we all know that music industry is generally not nice to women. And if we can start moving in a direction where that stuff's not going to happen anymore, then these women are setting a standard for that being okay. And I really like that. <laughs> so, yeah. so on a personal yeah. level, I appreciate what they're doing. But me as a journalist, I, I simply wanted to tell a story about uh, an important thing happening in metal right now. Well, and two, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing is that, okay, this if this would have just happened in the dark and and it never would have happened, it would have become a tour story. You know, it would have just been something that, no, oh, you know, this happened this one time and blah, 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 blah. It didn't have much impact on anything whatsoever. It takes something like this to bridge that out, to get that out there so that everybody can go, dude, you guys being a scumbag. You know, and and Mm -hmm. if you don't call him out on it, then he's either, you know, one, never going to change, which he's probably not ever going to change. But uh, but you got to shine the light on it. And if you don't turn the light on the dark corners, then, you know, nothing will ever change. Yeah, absolutely. And and as terrible as it has been to read some of these comments from people who probably didn't even read the article, it's also been really interesting to me because it's exposed this culture of people immediately not believing someone, you know, like the, if the first thing that pops into your mind is maybe they're lying, then, you know, fine, but at least ask questions and find out for yourself before like believing that and then spreading that over the internet. But it's coming from men and women. And there's this like, they should just suck it up or, or they, they want attention or whatever. And I think we're going to look back on this later on in the history of music. And we're going to be like, God, remember when women weren't even believed when they were told, you know, when they told their stories and we're going to look back on this and like roll our eyes. But, um, you know, I think that time is coming. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it just, it, it just seems like, it, oh, it seems like we'd be there already. See, and I got I this vibe that like, like nobody started to believe his victims until Bill Cosby stopped being funny. And I think that's part of the reason that people still have a hard time believing the accusations against Woody Allen because they're like, but he still makes good movies. You know what I mean? Right. Well, he married his adopted daughter. So <laughs> <laughs> something was like someone right there, you know? Like, yeah. Like, like eh. uh, that should tip you off. <laughs> yeah. Something. I mean, yeah. Well, and I mean, <sighs> You know, you would hope that we eventually get there. And you know, when you're looking at commenters or, or things like that, you know, there's obviously uh, pretty much anonymous for the most part. So people are going to say stuff that they wouldn't normally come out of their come out of their hole to say uh, any other way. But mm-hmm. it's 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 scary that those thoughts are still in people's minds. They're anonymous, mm-hmm. but they vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You know, uh, they. Voting is just as anonymous as the internet is, and um, if people are showing their true colors when they go online, then they're going to show their true colors, like, in the legal process where it matters, too, because they don't have to show their face when they do that. And, um, you know, it's terrifying to me to think that I talk to people every day who are completely normal, and then 
go spreading disgusting stuff on the internet later. <laughs> and I think that's a huge reality that we're in right now. So one of the things I, I was going to ask is like, all right, so I remember there was a time when I was a teenager and I was as homophobic as anybody, right? And it was that I didn't understand. I didn't have empathy. It, it, there was there was something missing for me, and it wasn't until like I, I saw a documentary, and I go, I see this couple that are head over heels for each other, and I went, oh, I get it now, and it was like a click, and I would I love it if if there was somebody who was listening right now who's like I don't get it, I don't understand what the they have a problem with, uh, uh why they're upset at Bobby Liebling, it doesn't seem that bad to me. I wish there was something that we could say that would make it click for them. I think that if you looked any of these trolls in the eye and you said, "Do you want Bobby Liebling saying <laughs> disgusting things about your body?" <laughs> <laughs> they would probably all like run away screaming. Um, I, I mean, on a serious note, though, like I, I really think that there, like you said, sometimes there are just human reactions to things where if you don't see it yourself, or if you don't have a friend who has been there, or if if you haven't had to face that reality somehow in your life, then you might just not quite have that empathy yet. And I say yet because I really do believe that every person out there has that ability to get there. And a lot of men, especially in metal, are not there yet because they want to push back on it. You know, they they see, like, women telling their stories as somehow, like, PC, you know, militant people trying to ruin metal or make it safe or you know, be social justice warriors. I hate that term, but, you know, like, it's not about that at all. It's just that, you know, we we didn't used to have a voice in metal because there weren't any positions for us in metal. Now, we are not only in bands, but we are music journalists, and we are editors of publications, and we are venue owners and promoters, and sound people, and tour managers, and merch people, and... It's not a place where our voices don't matter anymore. And so our voices are rising to the top and the stories are coming out and that's really, really important. But there are just a lot of dudes out there who like are afraid that somehow threatening their macho world that they've created for themselves. And so if they can somehow understand that is not at all our mission, <laughs> like we're not trying to come in and be like, you can't be yourself anymore and you can't think people are hot you know that's that's not at all the point you know that the i'll be the first to say that the day that sex and danger is not allowed in rock and roll anymore is the day that we are all fucked but you have to be respectful to each other while you're at it you know and you are totally allowed to think people are beautiful and flirt with them or sing about them or whatever but you are not allowed to touch people who don't want to be touched. You're not allowed to say overtly sexual things to people who do not want to have sex with you. And in Bobby Liebling's case, you certainly cannot go on stage and make rape jokes about 16-year-old girls and then at the end of the day tell women that their jobs depend on you being able to do those things. Like, that's just mm. not fair. <laughs> yeah. So maybe if they understood things like that, that you know we're not out to ruin metal we're just trying to get you to like act like 
responsible humans. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to make metal great again. That's all. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I was, gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say you did just take a hell of a lot of the danger out of the <laughs> the sex and danger, but but I, I I hear you, and I think part of the reason that so many of these guys are that way is they don't realize how it affects their life. Their their the the culture of abuse affects them. They don't realize that their girlfriend has been abused. Their mother has been abused. Their wife has been abused. Their sister has been abused. It, it, I think that there ought to be a movement for uh, for victims of both genders to come out to friends and family and say, no, this happened to me too. So that way, once again, it shines a light on it. And, you know, of course, there's a part of me that wants to say it shouldn't have to be your sister or your mom or whatever. It should be the, the fact that it's a human being should be enough. But like you said, everybody has to have that moment where empathy clicks in and if it takes telling someone that it was their mother or their daughter or their sister or whatever then then so be it and and hopefully we can make people understand that but um you know it's going to take more people coming out and telling their stories which is why these women are so incredibly brave for doing that especially seeing the the backlash the ridiculous backlash Hopefully, it'll not only make men think twice about maybe not acting that way, but also make other women more emboldened and empowered to come forward with their stories so that men will finally realize that it's everyone around them, not just like women with an agenda on vice or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's part of the community, you know, part of the Mm -hmm. part of the metal family. It's like and that's how that's how it is. You know, and certainly a, this should uh, th- this should definitely uh, you know make it so that that any other band that's going to open up or work with Pentagram now I got a big old heads up that you know this is what it's going to be like to be on tour so make sure you get paid directly by the promoter and make sure you you know you you you, you put the female band member in a a, 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 a a you know suit of armor for the whole tour you know you just know what you're, either, you're dealing with either that or just like be around Bobby all the time and if he says something say dude don't say that to you know my yeah. bandmate or whatever like i don't like the idea that that women should have to hide from him, you know, he should just not be allowed to act that way. And some might say that that's never going to happen because he's always been that way. And because frankly, he has ruined a lot of brain cells, but it's, you know, it's not about Bobby. It's about like every, every, every tour has somebody that might act that way. And women shouldn't have to go, okay, well, I won't go in the green room now. I'll just hide in the van people should just not allow anybody to be acting that way in the first place. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about this in the context of Pentagram, but at the same time, we're not. Right. this is not an isolated incident, nor is it anything of that's course. just this one tour that happens to the just these two bands. So, I mean, right. it's, or just these two women, is this is a systemic thing that we see a lot of. And hopefully we can look at this, look at this and extrapolate, you know, the bigger picture from it and go, wait, this whole fucking thing is wrong. It's like, and more people can see it. And, you know, but in this case, hopefully this would say, okay, maybe we don't need to tour with Pentagram. Maybe we don't need to, you know, this, this in some way hurts that reputation because that's the only way that you're going to make those people change is if you can do some kind of damage to that, whether it's financial or otherwise, and, or it's just going to keep perpetuating itself. Right. 
I don't, I don't know what the backlash is going to be as far as Pentagram is concerned. I, I haven't heard of any professional repercussions, which which sucks. But at the same time, I also understand that it's just an article. And if people honestly are trying to tell themselves that these girls are not telling the truth, then maybe they're just like waiting it out. I don't, I don't know. But at the end of the day, what I've been telling people is like if a band that you like does something bad which is going to happen. I mean, we are human. Everybody makes mistakes. You know, nobody's expecting anybody to throw all their records in a fire and refuse to admit liking their songs or anything. It's just maybe a good idea to not give them any more money. And maybe if you feel like it, um, put pressure on them to change their ways or apologize or... Or, you know, if you also feel like if, if what they did was so bad, then maybe maybe don't ever listen to them again or whatever is your process. But, like, just because this happened doesn't mean that I'm going to stop playing my beat-up old pentagram record that I have at home that I bought used. You know, like, that's, it wouldn't be hurting them at this point if I stopped listening to their music. But I probably will never see them live again. So people just have to sort of put their money where their mouth is and... You know, don't expect musicians to be perfect because, of course, they're not. But, you know, maybe just spread awareness about these things when they when they happen. Well, and, and, and hold them to at least like a standard of of average human beings, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, yeah, you know, respect your fellow humans yeah. regardless of who they are, what their gender is, what their race is, what their sexual orientation is. Like, it, it does not matter. You just have to be nice to people. And, and rock and roll can absolutely still be dangerous and still be full of sex while people are being nice. You know, I refuse to believe that those are like mutually exclusive things. Thank you very much. The article is on uh, noisy uh, social media. Should should people follow you? That sort of thing. Oh, if they want to, I, uh, I'm Kat Jones soda on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I certainly don't sit around talking about topics like this all the time. Mostly it's just me nerding out about whatever, music i am enjoying at the time but <laughs> you feel so inclined well Kat, thank you very much and 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 when you hear this back we apologize for the conversation that we had with jamie josta right before this conversation <laughs> oh gosh it, oh boy oh boy it, 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 trust me it fits almost perfectly <laughs> oh god can't wait <laughs> Well, thanks once again to Cat Jones for coming on the show and talking about uh, talking about all these issues. Very uh, important story uh, that she posted on Noisy. Uh, so thanks to her for coming on. Thanks to Jamie Josta for being on the podcast this week. And uh, and if you, you didn't get enough, Phil, I just want to say thanks to Howard from Talking Bullocks for having me on his podcast as well. We talked for like an hour about the history of the Metal Sucks podcast and, and you and I and stuff. So it's, it, it was a fun conversation with him too. So check that out. I have that. Uh, is that up already? Yeah, I think sure I, I think I have it downloaded. I haven't listened to it yet, so I, I was uh, I was griping about uh, what does his page get to be orange on iTunes? Uh, <laughs> it's really cool. It's <laughs> uh, pretty awesome. So no, that's uh, that's that's cool. I need to go and uh, go and actually sit and listen. There's been some weird stuff going on in the uh, in the real world lately. So uh, I've been my routine is all jacked up right now. So, but we'll talk about that next week, maybe. 
next week. <laughs> next week? Um, what are we going to do next week? Are we going to do a Despised Icon next week, or who are we going to do? Uh, uh, yeah, or, or Slagle, either one. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. You Maybe what we'll have to do is make these people tune in next week to find out what the hell we're going to do iTunes, you like it. Stitcher, Google Play, whatever the hell you get your podcasts on. Search Metal Sucks. You are going to find us, and that way you can subscribe, and you don't have to worry about it. You will get every episode coming to you, just like I get you know this other all these other podcasts. You can get us, too. Just search Metal Sucks. Leave us a couple of stars. Tell us that we're terrible. Doesn't matter. That's fine. Um, but suggest us to your friends. Even if you want to punish them, that, that would be cool, too. Or you can, of course, <laughs> uh, find us at MetalSucks.net every single Monday. Uh, 150 episodes worth right on one page. It's on the tab. So if you go to MetalSucks.net, top tab, click, and boom. There you go. All those podcasts right there. That was a good episode last week with the uh, best of 2016 so far. So that was a that was a good a good primer for a lot of the albums that came out. So you can go back and listen to the old podcast if you want. And, of course, You'll find all the future ones there every single Monday at MetalSucks.net. Until next week, I am Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is another episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.